A thin bead of sweat ran down Philip's forehead, paused for a moment to hang precariously from his eyebrow, then dripped onto the emperor's edict. The year was 343. Philip was the Praetorian prefect, the most powerful man in the Roman Empire after the emperors themselves, and he was being ordered to remove Paul, bishop of the new Rome, the imperial city of Constantinople. In any different year there would have been no problem, but things had changed in the empire. Times were different. The battle between the Nicaeans and the Arians was heating up. Constantius II, unlike his father Constantine, had sided with the Arians, ending the unsteady peace that had existed since the Council of Nicaea eighteen years earlier. Emperor Constantius had already removed Paul once, just the previous year. He had been forced to do so in person, because the people of Constantinople had murdered his general, Hermogenes, setting his house on fire and beating him to death in the streets. Now Paul had returned, without Constantius' permission, but armed with letters from Julius, bishop of Rome, and with the probable backing of Constance. Constance was Constantius' brother, and he held the emperor's seat in the west. Constantius was furious about the return of Paul, and he had ordered Philip to remove him a second time. This is what worried Philip. If the good Christians of Constantinople had resisted the army and beaten a general to death in the night, what would they do to a civil servant, no matter how high his rank? But if politicians are good at nothing else, they are good at intrigue. Philip hatched a simple plan. Paul was a powerful and important bishop. Philip was a powerful and important politician. He would arrange a simple meeting, alone, at the public baths. History records that Paul arrived at the baths unsuspecting of the plot hatched against him, but the people were not so naive. When Paul arrived at the bath, Philip handed him the emperor's order. He took it quietly. Unlike the crowds, Paul was a Christian in more than name only. He did not resist. Guards led him quietly out the back door of the baths to the imperial palace. Within a short time, he would arrive in Thessalonica, Greece, where the emperor had decreed his banishment. The people, however, unable to trust in the providence of God as Paul did daily, were reliant on their suspicion. They had an idea that the prefect's intentions were less than honorable. They gathered outside the baths, waiting to see what would happen. When the prefect emerged alone, with a guard, their suspicions were confirmed. They followed Philip's chariot through the streets, trying to determine what had become of Paul. When the emperor's chariot stopped to pick up Macedonius, the Arian bishop tapped to replace Paul, they were enraged. As the chariot made its way to the church building, the Christians shouted to passers-by and called people from their houses. Such a crowd gathered that the prefect's chariot crawled through the street at a painfully slow pace. Philip's heart raced. He licked his lips and glanced nervously and repeatedly at the growing crowd. His guards were no less nervous, but they were becoming angry as well. They had to force their way through the streets, shoving people aside and waving naked swords to make a route for the chariot. At the churchyard, room ran out. The road narrowed. The walls of the yard pressed in. The crowd wedged in on itself. Citizens, guards, horses, and chariot became one wriggling mass, and progress stopped. Whether one of the citizens actually struck a guard, or whether a frightened, angry soldier simply misinterpreted contact in the stuffed churchyard, we will never know. Either way, 
first one guard and then another, turned his sword on the populace. In the packed churchyard, there was little room to flee, and those that managed it did so over the bodies of those who fell in front of them. Between the trampling and the swords, over three thousand people died that day. Philip was safe, but his plan to avoid violence had failed. No surprise, violence was the order of the day.